Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Energy. Yeah, there's nothing. No, just, just to be warned, you guys all just tuned in, right? No, you, just, you need to know this. Okay, first of all, Mike has some legitimate reasons to be pissed off and angry right now. And he's eating chocolate-covered espresso beans. So enjoy the show. Let's start. Okay, here we go. Okay. Okay. Hello, Hockey World. It's Wednesday, November 16th, 2016. I'm Michael Nigello. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Eklund, and you're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And today, a lot of goings, a lot of injuries, a lot of to report, a lot of, a lot of dismay, um, and not just minor injuries, like major players going down, um, all-stars, you know, big-time players today. Um, so the latest are, I guess the most, the biggest injury, it's hard to really describe which is the biggest, but let's start with Steven Stamkos, um, who obviously, um, looks like a, maybe a meniscus tear I'm hearing hard to say there's well, different. Yeah. I mean, I saw the play and it's, and I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a physician. I'm playing one on a, on a webcast. You are a physician, but go ahead. Continue. But. It was odd, it was an odd looking play, and every mm. time it was an odd looking play, and it's a knee. I, I I think the worst, and the worst is ACL. I hope it's not the case. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, me too. I'm not even going to speculate because yeah, but, but but we don't we don't know. He's going back to Tampa. He's going to have the knee looked at. They'll you know find out what the problem is. If it's meniscus, if it's a meniscus tear or or you know whatever. That's four to six weeks. I mean, I blew my knee out walking away from doing the dishes. I just washed the dishes as pre-dishwasher, and I walked away, and my knee blew out. I heard a pop. So, like, that's when I realized, okay, these things could happen at any time with any kind of contact. Yeah. With, you know, because he's played so much hockey in his life, there's a lot of wear and tear. So it's never it's never the play that it, it – well, it's not never – Sometimes it's the play that happens, but a lot of yeah. times it isn't. It's the wear and tear that leads up to it. Yeah, and it, it can be anything. I mean, we're talking about players. We're talking about players who are like incredibly skilled, playing at high speeds on a thin blade of metal. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, and kicking their legs and putting their feet in different directions, and everyone's getting tying tangled up with each other. It's, it's amazing that they have any knees at all. Like, you know, it's like yeah. really. And 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 we don't. And I don't know what what leg it is and if that's the same leg that he had the break on the, the famous broken leg and you got to remember you know when he was rehabilitating that leg trying to get back for the olympics i mean he was putting a lot of strain on that leg so you know not yeah. a year after but three two or three years after if this is something serious that that could be a contributing factor to this but we don't know but you know i i think tampa as they did last year can survive if Stamkos is out for four to six weeks, if they yeah. lose him for a yeah. long period of time, then I think that puts a severe crimp in their in their Stanley Cup playoff uh, chances. Yeah, I mean it does. I mean they've shown before that they can go far without him, right? They went pretty far without him. They had their most successful playoff run without him. Um, well, no, not no, no, it's into that. But oh, they no, had... they, I mean, yeah, but they, I mean, they got to Game Seven of the Conference Final without him, with with him just playing that Game Seven. So right. That's, that is a that is a testament. So, but but the thing is, I mean, 
first year of an eight-year, $8.5 million a year contract. This was the little, a little bit of the concern that all those teams had. You know, I, I'm sure Detroit, Toronto, all these teams threw big money, but the concern was, you know, okay, he's had injury mm-hmm. problems. You know, this is legitimate. I mean, the players get hurt, man. They, they just, do, they do, they get hurt, and we really can't. I mean, one thing about contracts and that you know they really mess up everything because they mess up, they mess up the way people view the players. Yeah. They mess up the way the players view themselves. I mean, look what's happening with yeah. Monahan and Gaudreau in Calgary, right? I mean, it's just like big contracts. They screw with your head, and the best thing to do is just just put it away. Like you sign that deal, and yeah. that doesn't, and that's it. You know that you're done. When, with I it. Signed, when I signed my big deal for this show, I literally put it right behind me. I, I know you did, and I was impressed by that because you know it was, it was years in negotiations, Russ, and it was it was it was you know, and you weren't an easy person to negotiate. You and your agent no. really drove drove us. You know, no, I'll tell you what put me over the top. When yeah. you wore that Hunger Games shirt that you're wearing now. That put me over the top. See, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still holding. It has an H there. It's Hunger Games. Come on. This is Harry Potter. Come on. I'm still, I'm still, (laughs) I'm still holding on to some massive animosity from my bridge deal because I'm really pissed off. Yeah, Mike has signed. This is his sixth bridge deal in a row. So um, (laughs) I can understand you being upset about that. Um, Six bridge deals in a row. That's a long time to not know where you're. Not have any sense of security. A bridge nowhere. (laughs) Right. Right. And of course. Just like Bobby Clark in the early 70s, no one knows what I make. <laughs> right, there you go. You know, but here's the thing. With all these injuries, I never fault the team for these contracts and say, look, 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 unless it's the same exact injury, which right. none of them are. Right. And I mean, so- you can't. We can't do that. Now, I mean, and so, but let's, all right, so Stan, so Stamkos is gone for a while. It might not be that serious. I mean, it's not like every injury Stamkos I mean, it's had. at least three, four weeks, I'm right, sure. Right, but for, in Stamkos' terms, that's not serious. I mean, no. Stamkos has had three injuries now that have been almost season-long injuries, right? So yeah. let's just, this And is, he's a great rehabber, as we he's know. A great, we know he's a great rehabber, yeah. He must, he must, you know, he must have a special discount at, like, the coffee bar at the rehab place that he goes he's to. The, he's the knight in the holy grail, but continue. Yeah, he does. So, okay, so after that, Taylor Hall goes down with what is being called a lower body injury. Yeah, um, he's, he's having an MRI as well, and, you know, right. another speed guy with knees, right? I mean, right. That, well, right. knee or ankle or whatever. whatever yeah, the, whatever it is. I mean. That one, that one I didn't see, but. I didn't but, see it either. Yeah. But Paul Herman used to say an upper neck injury. Um, <laughs> above the neck. That, that was that was Holmgren's. And, and one time, I forget, I forget who it was. He said, "What's going on with him?" Well, it's a it's an injury above the neck. Yes. Neck yes. But anyway, I'm um, no. So Holmgren did say that too. You're and right. that's a, yeah, he absolutely did. I think my, I think my favorite is the non-specific general body soreness. That's the best one. Yeah, or the um, maintenance day. I like that maintenance day. What does that mean? Um, you know, is that day? Is that a day the guys get to go get their cars inspected? I mean, we all need those days. I mean, that's that's what it sounds like. You to know, me. it's funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna hearken back to a time where maintenance day was not a part of the vernacular for hockey <laughs> terms. And I, the first time yeah. I can recall hearing it was when all of a sudden Mike Richards started yeah. taking a lot of maintenance days. Mike Richards was the maintenance day king. Like I, when I think but, maintenance day, I think of that as a Mike Richards day. I think it's what it should be good. called from now on. You're taking a Mike Richards day. Where's Mike? Maintenance day. Okay. It's a Mike Richards day. He's taking a Mike Richards day. We'll call it that from now on. That was when I really tuned into maintenance day. Yeah, yeah, but that's been that since then. You know that people are like, ooh, that's a good way to that's a good way to confuse the media. Well, let's use that one. That's a good, <laughs> well, we'll throw that we're one out there. Really yeah. confused, as you know. I, I wish they would just be honest. Like, you know, he he really the guy has let his car inspection slip. Like, I mean, I had to get my car inspected yesterday. It, it's it was due at the end of October. I've been driving around in fear for a couple of days. I think that that's good. You know, so I took a maintenance day and got my car inspected. You know. That's something I had to do. I mean, I'm sure the, these guys have to get their car inspected. So there you go. So there you have it. 
Um, all right. It, so you should just be in fear of your driving, and that's why Eric's always driving. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. That's that's the truth. Um, that's been going on forever, so we don't want to go there. Um, okay, so <laughs> I never drove ever, and I've driven thousands of miles with Eric. Never driven. He's, <laughs> he's an excellent nighttime driver. She'll tell you, but um, and, I, and and for some reason, I no one likes my style of driving, so that's better. <laughs> I drive by myself. I, I, I've been in the car with you. I know why. It's not that bad. You were in the car with me when we had, when we had the Jeep with the top off and it started snowing, Mike. That's something yeah, I'll remember. I know. I know. That's, that's a good time. That was a fun I'm time. I'm holding on to the bar like I'm ready to fly out of I know. It. We had the Jeep with no top on and it, for some, we went to it. We pulled into, I think, a Chinese restaurant to get some food or something like that. And then it started to snow. And I had the top at home, of course. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. We'll get home. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, the uh, Gaudreau, then we move to Gaudreau, Johnny Gaudreau, who um, has a injury, possibly a broken finger. Um, it's, been, it's been confirmed as a broken finger. He's going okay. to have surgery. It's at least four to six weeks. Mm. And you know what? Right now, I mean, that's the I, worst I, thing that could possibly happen I, to them. Calgary's been the biggest disappointment so far this year with the talent that they have. Yep. Uh, you know, maybe it, we're not even 20 games into the season, but honestly, I think they're in the Nolan Patrick sweepstakes. Oh, so. they are. They're totally in. They're right. They're right in there. Yeah, and uh, you know, they're just not going to be able to get out of it. Like it's just by the time Goudreau's back, wow, they're going to be. Wait, this will be this will be a first that a uh, top draft pick goes to the, um, the uh, the the play the um the province called Alberta. We haven't seen that. Ever. You don't see you don't see top draft picks ending up in Alberta every day. There yeah, he goes. but knowing, knowing their luck, they'll finish in thirtieth place and they'll pick fourth. Right, they'll finish in thirtieth place. Edmonton will miss the playoffs on the last day of the season. And Edmonton will get the top pick overall. Right, somehow. that's right. how it go. Um. All right, all right. So that's that's Gaudreau at Calgary. That's a whole other ball. Although they won last night, didn't they? I mean, they so they had a they had a they had a nice little little victory last night. But they're still Gaudreau and Monahan, perfect example of completely. Um, and then there's another injury, right? There's a fourth injury. Uh, well, I know that you mentioned in your blog about Jaden. Oh yeah, Jaden Schwartz, who returned last night to play, but still, there's the I think he's still there's still concerns about his foot, whether or not he came back and played with a broken foot. You know, it's a hockey player, so who knows? Uh, so, one of the Blues beat reporters put the lines out for their practice this morning, and Schwartz was playing on the left wing. Okay, so he's okay. So that's good. That's good. Keeper, like that kid will play. Oh yeah, no, he's a he's a. I mean, he's definitely a crazy, crazy, crazy tough guy. Yeah. Um, but that we will get into the rumors with Chat and Kirk and all that stuff in a second. Uh, that's for sure. Um, and because they are they are hot and heavy. But I think we really have to discuss the fact that that you know. The city of pain last night received a you know a heck of a game out of their um out of their you know underachieving Maple Leafs. Um, they completely, you know, <laughs> I mean, I said under, underachieving in what they were promised that they would underachieve, but instead actually leaving. And um, so you get you get a a hat trick out of the often rumored to be traded James Van Riemsdyk, um, and you get Marner um and Babcock coming out and saying about Marner, I've never coached a kid that young that good. Now, does that mean he has never coached him that good, or does that mean that Marner is good himself? Because that's what I was confused about. The way the statement reads, uh, I think I've never coached a kid that young. That's uh, Marner. You're reading too much into it. Yeah. No, but maybe he's just saying that he's never been that good at coaching. Well, look, he didn't that. say it about Stanislav Chistov when he was with Anaheim, and he made it to the Stanley Cup in his rookie year. So I'm going to say it's Marner. Although, although uh, ironically, Russ, he did mention Chistov in the in the. No, he did. Yeah, yeah he says. Yeah, he says. He said Sheepstoff played with uh, played with um, oh god the the sweet uh, Sammy Paulson and Stumpy Thomas, 
Yeah. And, uh, or uh, it may not have been Paulson. I can't remember who the center was, but he said that, uh, you know, he had a great, but it was, it was one year. It was, it one, was year. one year. I wrote about it in, in a magazine and he had the worst possible of hockey nicknames. Cheesy. Like that's just the worst. <laughs> so I got the greatest email about this, about this quote. Okay. That's why I had to share it. Okay. Cause so I get, you know, I get Leaf fans who email me all the time. Ecklandhockeybuzz.com. Feel free to, I, I respond to my emails. So feel free to email. <laughs> all right. So I get the email. Okay, I get an email from somebody, and he says to me this. He says, it was a great win last night, but now I'm worried because Babcock thinks Marner is better than Austin Matthews because Austin well, Matthews is younger. Well, he doesn't, and, he, and the, the reason he doesn't is because, and I que I question this, and I told Russ about it. Russ, uh, <laughs> Before you go any further, Mike, I just want to point out, I, I, I do want the explanation for this, but I do want to point out why this is, we have to think about why this is so dysfunctional because okay. – all right. <laughs> this is a coming out of a great game. A really, what should be a fantastic, and I said to Lisa, I'm like, I really feel bad that you cannot enjoy this moment. Instead, right. you go to the fact that your coach, obviously this is a problem your coach has with Austin Matthews. That's, that's like, and that's, you know, because Austin Matthews is younger. Well, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a problem with Austin Matthews based on what he said the, the, the uh, morning, uh, yesterday morning, but after the morning skate when, and I questioned this, and mm -hmm. some people think it's it's a good thing, but he comes out and says Austin Matthews is going to be a dominant dominant center by Christmas time. Really, right. really. I mean, I think that, and not, I think that's not, legit. Not to say, not to say I love it. I love the fact. Thank God we have Mike Babcock again. Like that's all I can say. Yeah, but you don't say that about a rookie. Yes. You don't. Yeah, but yeah. this is Mike Babcock. This is real. We I have not know. we have not had any real Mike Babcock forever. And thank God, this is like when I saw that. I know I, I thought the same thing, Mike. And I'm like, and I think we're saying is right, right, Russ. And you can question that this is like too much pressure, too early, and all that stuff. But at the bottom of the end, it doesn't really matter what Babcock says because yeah. I think Austin Matthews already feels as much pressure as the kid can possibly He's, feel. Well, okay, then what? Pour on some more for Christ's no, sake. But it, it doesn't. But my point is, you can't pour anymore. Like he, Austin Matthews is not the kind of kid who feels pressure like that. I know that, but okay. Austin Matthews is at the lowest ebb of his professional career right now. And it's obviously been a career that's only 16 games long. He hasn't scored now in 10 consecutive games. Right. And, you know, people are starting to wonder, oh, you know, Patrick Line has got 12 goals and Austin Matthews has only got six. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, could, could this be a Doug Wickenheiser? Could this be another – I mean, no, it's not. Oh, hell. I'm going to throw out other names for you. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. He's not a bust. He's a very good player. He's playing well. He's getting opportunities. He had two or three really good scoring opportunities last oh, yeah. year. And Merrick Mazanek right now. And the only guy who, the only guy that Merrick Mazanek stopped was Austin Matthews last night. He yeah, but let's be real too. Matthews has to match up against top players at center. Yeah. He has to play more defense. He has to take faceoffs. He a lot more a lot more things than the winger has to do. And that's where Marner doesn't have to do that too. Imagine, remember, Mitch Marner is a center by trade. If yeah, you right. put Mitch Marner in Matthew's spot at center, he'd right. be failing right now just because he's not strong enough, not because he's not talented enough. So yeah. that's the other part where when people are making this assumption, they've got to remember his original position and he may still end up as a center. And Mitch Marner, you know, Mitch Marner is playing with two veteran players who have played yeah. together for four for almost four years in right. Greensteig and Bozak. Mitch Marner is taking the Phil Kessel spot on that line. Right. Austin Matthews is playing with two rookies. He right. was either playing with, with Zach Hyman and Connor Brown or Zach Hyman and William Nylander. And he's got defensive responsibilities. And ever since that that six game start, 
the, the opposition has either been matching their number one center or their number one checker against yep. Austin Matthews. So right. honestly, I, I, I this is part of the, the adjustment of being a pro. Yep. Our, our you know hockey buzz's friend Brian Burke on Toronto radio on Monday came out and said, uh, you know, any team that had the number one pick would have taken Austin Matthews. And and making the jump from the Swedish elite or excuse me the Swiss elite league to the NHL, even if he exceeded and had a lot of success in the Swiss league, it's a jump and it yeah. takes time. So yeah. you know don't don't start uh, you know don't start criticizing Austin Matthews. Oh right yeah, now. no, that's totally unfair. Yeah. I mean Matthews is fine. I mean you, you you have to look at the whole season. You know he's not going to score four goals a game. I mean all these things happen. It's just like the people have put way too much pressure on him. And that's going to happen. But I also think that Matthews is very different than some of the other top picks we've seen in the last few years. And that I think he's okay with the pressure. I don't think it here. I don't oh, think no, he's okay with the pressure, but like, he, I think it got to McDavid at times. It got to Hall at times. I, I saw it got to well, it, McDavid had more of a focus because yeah. how badly the team had been for all these years. Right. And he's supposed to be the savior. The Leafs haven't painted Austin Matthews as a savior and that's to their credit. And so that that's been a good thing. But it, it's one it's one thing to say I can handle the pressure and the organization to recognize he can handle the pressure, and then pouring it on, like you know, like pouring an entire jug of syrup on your pancakes. It's a little too much. This is just and a vote of confidence, is all. I mean, it's all never too much syrup on pancakes, Mike. Let's just get that a <laughs> jug. No, this is just this is not that. This is, remember Babcock is counterintuitive right a lot of times what he does so what he's doing here is he's simply going to he's simply going to Austin Matthews and saying you're you're still a great player don't worry about it that's really what he's saying it's really more of the opposite direction he's like I don't care that you're having scored in a couple games you're going to be dominant and you're going to be a dominant player by Christmas and that's okay and he's he, all he's doing is trying to show Matthews that he's not concerned about it so not to right. worry about it yeah no, I, I agree with that I, I, I but, think that's fair but this is the I mean this is what you have to realize if December 26th, Austin Matthews, <laughs> wow. if by Boxing Day, Austin Matthews is not, quote, a dominant center, then the Toronto media is going to say, hey, Mike, what's going on? He's yeah. not dominant. Yeah, no well, rookie is a dominant. I got to tell you, no rookie is a dominant center. Nobody. Right. It's the, same, it's the same issue with the literalness of this email right. that I got, you know, about Marner. I mean, let's not take everything so crazy literally. We're not – I mean, he's also – I mean, I was looking up – Babcock, what, what, what age did Babcock first coach Crosby, you know, on the Canadian team, you know? I mean, he's this is just a coach giving some praise to his younger players and, and boosting them up. Yeah. And, you know, and he's respected. So if the Toronto media is going to go after them and he senses that, he's going to do this. He's going to shield them in one way or the other. And this is a this yeah. is one way of shielding it. And it is also, honestly, probably how Babcock feels because Babcock is not, is not, it's not, 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 not the guy we've seen over the last couple of years. In Toronto, where he wants, where he, where he is so um, conservative and so, and so, uh, you know, just Reserve. well on on you know on point. That's not Mike Babcock. He's not an on point type guy. So what I was happy about here is okay, we're finally seeing him actually be real, you know. And maybe that's even an exaggeration, but I just think that what's happening here is the really is the aspect of him. He's just trying to give his players some confidence. At the end of the day, last night. The Maple Leafs took apart the Nashville Predators, and the Predators are a good team. We can sit there and say Pekka Rene is not – without Pekka Rene, they haven't been very good, and they haven't been, and they never are. But, you know, and um, and there's no Carter Hutton to step in and save them this year, so they're really in a different spot. So um, told you he was valuable. I, I always said he was. Um, so, 
but now and so Van Riemsdyk gets the hat trick. Van Riemsdyk, the great thing about Van Riemsdyk getting a hat trick is Van Riemsdyk is streaky in general. So you know this means that right. you're not just going to get you're going to get like six goals in the next nine, you know, in the next five games room, that kind of thing. You know, that's, well, that line has been their most consistent line. I mean, I mean Marner, Marner is I believe now he's second in the NHL in rookie scoring behind Line A. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Bozak has played very well. I think Bozak has been there probably consistently. There's I mean, Matthews is a rookie, so you can't really rate him. Um, but I think Bozak's been their most consistent center ahead of Nazem Kadri, and Kadri's got seven goals. But Bozak, I think, has been consistent throughout. And Van Riemsdyk is their best veteran scorer. The only criticism I have with, with, with Babcock right now is that I think it's at the about the time that I know he wants Matthews to learn. I know he wants Matthews to learn the responsibility of being a two-way center. I also think that you see the benefit of playing Marner with veteran guys. Maybe you move a Leo Komarov to the line, line with Matthews. Maybe you give him one veteran. Because yeah. right now, he's having to cover for other rookies' mistakes. And up until yesterday, like, Nylander has been, just, has been really bad in the last, I'd say, eight or nine games, you know, to the point of not showing up at certain points. Yeah, and I think that's fair. And I also think that, you know, a big adjustment that we have to remember with with Austin Matthews is this rhythm that he's usually that he's been in his whole, his whole career of playing a lot more than this, you know, like this is, I mean, players like that are used to getting out every couple minutes and they're not used to having to sit on the bench for four minutes at a time. You know, I mean, that's a big difference and it, it plays into it. It really does. I mean, just so you know, I had Mitch Marner seventh on my preseason rankings for the Calder seventh. Yeah. No, I mean, and he's Fair ranking. I think, yeah, that's that's probably about right, and it could be even higher depending on how he is. Yeah. I mean, he's been. Oh, yeah, well, that's why it was, it was preseason. Like you know, I I had Dylan Stroman there. Obviously, you know, he's not going to get the chance to to really break that list this year. So you know, I don't know what's yeah. going to happen in the ebbs and flows of teams, and so you have to just there's a little guesswork too. Well, we don't know. We know yeah. that we know that Jake Vertan, and I don't know if he qualifies for the Calder, but if he do, if he does, it's going to be tough for him to win the Calder, getting yo-yoed between Vancouver and Utica every day. Yeah, yeah, he's been having a tough. Let's talk about Vancouver for a minute. One, I, one last thing on one last thing on Matthews. And then yes, um, okay. So Matthews, um, I talked to somebody about uh, like early two days ago. Yeah, about about Austin Matthews and just his impression about how he thinks he's doing. Like how you know this is a guy who's known Austin Matthews for his whole career, like knowing him growing up, knowing him going through right. thing. And I said, what do you think he's doing? What do you think is the reason he hasn't been scoring goals lately or whatever? Do you think he's all right? Do you think what's in his head? Where is he mentally? And he said something that I thought was really interesting and also encouraging for the for Maple Leaf fans. And that was this. You know, he comes, he said he came out and had that four-goal game, obviously. You know, he had all his energy and and showed what he can do it and was still playing like, you know, like the player he's always been. And then he also, in that first game, remember, gives up the goal in the overtime, right? And makes the bad play defensively. Right. Um, and then a couple other bad defensive issues, you know, that happened with him. And he said, the kind of kid he is is he's just focusing on his defensive part of his game now because he realizes that he's got to fix that. So when you see him stop off and, sc- you know, drop off in scoring and he's playing on the third line or second line or fourth line, depending on how they play it, um, you're going to see a kid who is going to be not as offensively explosive while he learns how to play defense at this level. And that's that's, that's what's happening with him. And he, said if he, he could immediately, if Babcock said, you know, we just want you to go out there and score, he could do that right away. But the point is that he's not, he knows that, Babcock knows Babcock has basically said to him, I know you can go out and score. That's fine, but you need to be able to pick up this part of your game too for to make it for a long longevity, make it so you can't be as easily matched and marked up and something like right. that. You need to figure out these other parts of his game, which is what's happening. So, you know, that is 
that is how smart and how well thought this kid is, which is really important. I think in Leaf fans, as far as when they think of his development, they should just realize that he has been playing better defensively, even though he hasn't been scoring those goals. He's been playing. He's been picking up guys, little things that you really have to watch. If you, I, but if you I, focus on him, he's doing it. I think that's the reason why there's not a lot of panic going on right now because they see he's been hitting posts. He's been he's been no, he's had chances. Runs. Yeah, he's still having chances, and, and a lot of that's like puck luck or whatever you want to call it. And, um, and he's playing defensively responsible. He's being the first guy back. He's being the first guy high. He's making he's making good decisions. They you know they just see that. You know, ten games. He's had so many chances, and he's come coming this close. They just like to see him break out and get one goal, because yeah. then it'll just start pouring in, like like Van right. Rie, like one goal in nine games, and then he scores a hat trick. Right, and that's fair. I mean, that's perfectly fair. All right, so go on to Vancouver, Russ. So I I I watched you know like a good little chunk of the Ranger game. I listened to a lot of it, and because I was driving home from an event, and and here's the things that I took away. When you're sort of like a marginal defensive team like the Vancouver Canucks, they made a huge error against the Rangers. Again, they were pinching defensemen a little too much. JT Miller gets open. JT Miller's just piling on the points. Yeah. I think when you when he sees you, he will laugh at you for your for your doubting him as far as being a potential scorer because he's he's really he's doing every little thing: deflections, getting in the crease, things that you know you thought maybe Rick Nash would have done like for many other years, but has finally done it this year now that it happened. I should fear JT Miller as is that what you're trying to say? No, no, but I'm saying like JT Miller has some of the oh, yeah. attributes you wish Rick Nash would have. In oh the yeah, game. no, no question. I mean, he I would be I, a 50 goal scorer, Rick Nash. That's I the, never saw him this kind of, as this kind of player. And it's, yeah. yeah. And so I think that that's all I'm saying. He's never going to, JT Miller's never going to score 40 goals like Rick Nash, but it could make, it could have made Nash like a 50 goal scorer. That's all I'm saying. He's on pace to do it. Yeah. But the, well, he's not. He's not going to do it. But the point is, there was a play yesterday where the Rangers are breaking out. The pass goes to Kevin Hayes, and the the Vancouver defenseman. You know, I wish I had the Madden board here. They all sort of get back, and they figure the best play to do is we're just going to give him space. So Hayes moves in like another ten feet and slaps it right past Markstrom, and it's like, guys, you cannot give this team an inch. And and so like teams literally need to practice to play the Rangers right now. Yeah. If you well, don't, you there's gonna be moments where they're gonna be exposed, and that was a different kind of exposed because the kind of exposed we're used to seeing is them getting behind the defense. This was a situation where the defense is sort of like playing a prevent, and they got killed on that too. And so and and Lundqvist just made some incredible saves. Like he's playing at the top of his career now. If Carey Price is the best goalie in hockey, then Lundqvist is, is the second best. Oh, we know yeah. we know that we know that Vancouver had that quick start, but it was you know sort of a. I mean, it was it was smoke and mirrors. It was not a reality of how how bad this team is, and now they've gone into this tailspin. And Bob McKenzie yesterday reported that Vancouver's GM Jim Benning. Uh, apparently has contacted the Sabers to see check on the availability of Evander Kane. Which, ba- ba- knowing knowing what's gone on with Evander Kane in Buffalo, I'm saying, where do you want me to send him? Yeah. But, but the but the thing is, this is indicative of the cluelessness of Vancouver's ownership because this can't be Benning because Benning is ha- is smart enough to realize this team is going nowhere. This is an ownership group that is saying. 
I, you know, we need to contend. We need to be good. We need to be this. We have all these veteran guys that are locked up for a couple years. We can't rebuild. So go out and get a guy who's now on his, would be on his third spot. He's a Vancouver native who was screwed up in the, the first two places. And you're probably going to have to give up young assets. To- no, I don't think so. I think they'd get them very cheap, to be honest. You really, really think so? I mean, I, I, I do. I don't I, think. I, I think Buffalo is going to be asking for like a Ben Hutton or maybe more maybe Vertanen or something like that. No, I, I, don't think, I don't think so. Right, well, I mean, I, I, you know, if, if I think if, you could give Buffalo Sven Barshi and like a conditional second and you'd have Evander Kane tomorrow. Evander Kane has become the Terrell Owens of the NHL. Yes. <laughs> like he's a, he's a good, yeah. he's got all kinds of potential. He could be a great player, but he's also such yeah. a, such a disaster. You're afraid to bring him on. But right. is it, so I think his value has dropped. That's all I'm saying. But is it a is it a good idea to send to go first of all to, to try to get Evander Kane in his hometown where he's you know he's going to be cock of the walk. Yeah. And you know it's like I, I, I mean I don't know what, I don't know what that organization is thinking. They are just that expression. I'm going to throw that out there right now. I don't know what that expression means, Mike, and I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, Google it. You'll know. Yes. I know what it means, but what the was point it? is cock of the walk. Cock of the walk. Yeah, basically like his pee, you know, when we're, 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 all right. The best way I can explain it the is analogy. I'm not doing it now because now you're taping it. Forget the it. For analogy. Yeah. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Anyhow, I think, I think it's a situation where Vancouver's thinking if we could get this guy cheap, he would give us some size. I might even play him with the Sabines. I think that that's the, the thought there. And he would be a, more skillful Zach Cassian when he played with the Sedins right. and that could provide points and maybe the Sedins keep him on a better path. It is possible. Maybe. maybe. I mean, that's, that's, to me, that's what it, what it looks like. For those curious, um, the cock of the walk is a British term. Um, it's very old, very old back in like this. Oh, old, so. Right. It stands for a man who acts as if he's more fashionable or important than other people. There you go. So that's um from the Cambridge Dictionary right there. So and that does is appropriate for yeah <laughs> for Evander Kane. And I, although I wouldn't call that to him to his face, but maybe this trade would humble him a little bit. Like at some point, he has to get humbled again and remember that he can be a really good hockey player. And that's why I'm thinking maybe with some veterans, they can do that. But they're not giving up a lot. Jim Benning's not giving up a lot for Evander Kane. I though. do agree with you on the veterans thing because I think that that's a biggie because, you know, this yeah. is a guy who hasn't really played with really influential veterans in his right. career. Um, you know, and but I don't know that I don't know that the kind of veterans that are in Vancouver are the right ones for him. Like, I think that, yeah, I mean, the, the Sedins are sort of their own entity. Yeah. At least in my experience with them, I don't think they're the kind they're going to straighten out Evander Kane. They they sort of do their own thing. I don't know. That could be like a great buddy movie, like the, the <laughs> scene Evander Kane. Like I would pay to see that behind the scenes. That would be fascinating. That's a cock. No, no. I mean that's a um. Whoa! <laughs> Sorry. Cock and bull story. No. I was trying to say. <laughs> Caught me while I was eating something. Um. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to say that's a good cop film. I would like to see. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah, okay. Evander Kane and the Two Sedins. Not anyway. What I was saying. Another espresso bean. Right. Okay. It's um, interesting. It's geez. interesting. So anyhow, Vancouver, <laughs> they've got some work to do. Clearly, Markstrom was hung out to dry on on a few yeah. of those goals for sure. And the Rangers get seven. I mean, this is just incredible. The amount of goals that they're. 
I, I gave up when they had like 70 goals on the season. Like they're, they're getting to the point where it's 1980 scoring now for them. <laughs> yes. Well, we're seeing some 80 scoring and all over yeah. the place. Now, I mean, really are. Um, the, uh, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Flyers Senators game last night. Yeah, I watched some highlights and stuff of that. I, I have some thoughts. Go ahead. You go. For yeah. Um, the Flyers, this was, this was now we're shifting back into the Flyers of, this is a Flyers of two years ago game. Like this is a, um, this is a Flyers team that outshoots their opponent. You know, um, they poured it on. I mean, and then they did. They and Craig Anderson was really good. You know, he so, was. And then sometimes goaltending is the goalie's really good, and sometimes it's it's that you know, thirty-five shots aren't really don't really feel like thirty-five shots, and that's sort of what it felt like to me. More, it was like there were there were some good chances, but not like to ten bellers. Like necessarily, there were a couple really good saves, but the Flyers, you know, it's a matter of having finishers, you know, and and their finishers just weren't weren't playing well like it really wasn't a game it wasn't a good game for Voracek or Giroux or anybody like no one really showed up and at the end of the day they lost a game the way they lost a lot of games two years ago which was giving up a goal very late and then losing in a shootout um which is you know which has always been Steve Mason's Achilles heel right so you know that's that's a big that's a big issue for them still and although Mason I thought played pretty Mason well played a good game. he did and you know and I think we're going to see that and I think that there is hope that we will see Mason, you know, pick up his game now that he's the only goalie playing, like I've talked about before. But there were two plays that I saw. Now maybe mm-hmm. you could explain the one. All right. So on one of the goals, I forget who got it. Maybe it was the Mark Stone goal. Uh Couturier and Strite sort of run into each other. Is that Couturier trying to cover for Strite because he yeah. didn't have him covered? That's the way I took it. That's a good question. I have to look that again. I know what your play you're talking about, but yeah. To see where they were. So that's where I think Strite has been hurting him a little bit on the defensive side. He's getting points. He'll always get points. Yeah. But there's that. And then on the Kyle Torres goal, what was interesting was Manning did a very good job of chasing him down. But when Torres got behind the net, he realized there's nobody here. So he just went for the instant wraparound. And Gudis was very slow in putting his stick in the corner of of the post. And Torres got it right in there. That's on Gudis. That was yeah. his area. He was slow to do it. I don't know what he was thinking because you could see the guy with the puck. If you're Radko Gudis, if nothing else, aren't you chopping at the at the stick of Torres to try and get the puck loose? He yeah. barely got the stick there just to try and block it from going in the net. It was a very feeble play by a guy that really can't be that way late in the game. Yeah, I agree. Although Gudis did at one point make a really good play on that, like 2-on-0 that, that they had. Um, I don't know if you saw I that I didn't see that one. And Pajot, um, or actually more, it was just early a Mark Stone breakaway for the most part, but Pajot was there too. But, um, yeah, I mean, there were some... And Mason made a great save and... and oh, yeah, he did make a three all the time. Save It was against, a 2-0 or a 3-0. I mean, it was yeah. crazy. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, that was Pajot as well. Um, yes. Yeah, the, Pajot's a really good player too. I mean, Pajot's one of these... Player. He's just kind of like the unsung young player on that group because there's he so hasn't many... been a finisher. He's always been a good skater. He's so smooth know, though. He's so smooth. He he does have. He reminds me a little bit of like um, of Sam Gagne. Like at, when yeah. when Sam Gagne is at his best, you know, like when yeah, Gagne. Is- but no, nowhere the nowhere the offensive talent. I mean, the funny thing is, right. is that Ottawa had, over the last couple of years has had, uh, you know, a lot of the same type of player, and that's probably one of the reasons why they got they got rid of Shane Prince because right. him, Lazar, Peugeot, all these smaller, quick, skilled forwards. But you can't have too many of those guys, and that's that. That's right. the problem. So they got rid of Prince for basically nothing. I think it was a draft, yeah. pick, right? Yeah, it was right. a draft pick. It was like a third. Yeah. 
Um, I have to, you have to, you have to give credit to the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, last yeah. yesterday beating. I think it was the Caps two to one. Yeah. And, yeah. And the, Zach Warinsky, I don't know if you saw the goal. Oh, yeah. Oh my goodness! I mean, pick pick the corner with I think it was like five or six minutes left to go in regulation, and then Cam Atkinson gets the winner in overtime. I mean, I, I, the criticism of John Tortorella has just disappeared. I'm going to throw this out there. It has nothing to do with John Tortorella, um, and I don't mean to be a jerk about it. I just honestly think that this is a talented team that has that has you know has a couple years of crazy injuries and then lost their confidence and lost their way. Um, and maybe Tortorella has helped them get that back to a degree, but really, at the end of the day, these are still just still just a very. This is a. These are these are young good players who a couple years ago everybody would say, oh, they've got the greatest pro- pro- future in the world, and then they went down to like, no, they've, they're terrible. And I think I, the answer is somewhere in the middle, and I think it's what we're saying. I, I have to give Tortorella some credit because the thing is, is like, I mean, look at look at the winning formula with the Rangers. It was built around goaltending and defense. Mm-hmm. They had that defense. You know, yeah, like, no, I I get that, and you're right, and you're right about that. I mean, I'm not trying to say it's it's not it's not you know I'm saying Troy Rell is not getting in the way of it, which is which is which is something to say about him. Like he he tends to let them like he's letting some of the players go. Like he's letting some players play. Like Wierenski's not playing, he's playing great, but he's 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 letting Wierenski roam and letting Wierenski do his thing. You know. Which is which yeah. is something that Tortorella doesn't always do. He's not making Wierenski block fifty shots a game, you know, and shortening his career like he did right. for Girardi. You know, like I mean, you're talking about like you know completely. So maybe Tortorella has learned something there. Maybe who knows? I think he has learned something there. I think he he sees the full potential. Now here's the funny thing. So when I told people that Wierenski was better than Seth Jones, I I felt a lot of opposition. Yeah. And, and, you know, Jones this year has six points in 10 games, and Wierenski's got 13 points in 14 games. Jones had 20 points in 41 games last year. Wierenski's going to eclipse that. The reason the Columbus Blue Jackets are a lot better is because they now have a, a real number one defenseman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ryan Murray was never like this offensively, was never going to be. And Seth Jones was never going to be like that offensively. I think some people just, because of the ath- athlete that Seth Jones was, put a little too much emphasis on what they thought he could do offensively. And I still think he could do better. Don't get me wrong. He's still a really good defenseman. I mean, we're talking about yes. Renzi. Oh, no, he's excellent. He's excellent. Yeah. But he's not like this gifted offensively like Zach Wierenski is, and I think yeah, that Wierenski's is like Niedermeyer to me. Like that's what he really. Yeah, is. He's, he's different than Niedermeyer because he's bigger than Niedermeyer and can get in closer than Niedermeyer. Niedermeyer was a smoother skater. Yeah, Wierenski's got a longer stick. Like they're 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 different. Yeah, he's a, he's a, there is nobody like Wierenski right now. He's a better version of like Noah Hannafin offensively. I was gonna yeah, say he's. He's part of that newer generation of defensemen. We're not talking about guys who are six, six foot and 190 pounds. We're talking about guys who are six three and six four and 215 pounds and can skate like the wind and, and have have offensive ability. I mean, I, I don't think Hannafin's offense is as good as Wierenski's. I think maybe no. his defense is a little better than them, but they're, they're, they're so they're, but they're similar. But you look at that team and they're they're succeeding right now without a number one center. I mean, Wenberg is having a pretty decent year. Uh, you know, guys like Felino are having comeback years. Boone Jenner's uh, last time I looked was doing okay. I mean, Dubinsky. I mean, so there's enough depth there if they stay healthy. If the if Wierenski keeps going on the pace that he's going, and you know, knock on wood, because Bobrovsky always tears his groin around this time of year. If he could stay healthy, they have a chance. But I I think I. I, I think Tortorella is trying to sort of like change his ways a little bit with a second opportunity. I heard something yesterday about him, you know, thinking sort of outside the box and eliminating morning skates for the for the team. He thinks it's a waste of time and he's not gonna not gonna. I do think that he got anymore. that from Elaine Vigneault, who's been doing that for a couple of years now. 
Okay. But, but I bitched about that. Listen, I'll be the first to admit it. I bitched about that with Vigneault late in season, not late in seasons, in the middle of seasons when the team was sort of dragging that they could really use it. Right now, I can't bitch about it because the Rangers are great, but I, I still don't love the concept of that. But right well, now, it's what the morning skate is, right? Like the morning skate is not to get them practicing or get them in shape. It's to get them out of bed. It's to get them out of bed and keep them as a team and yeah, keep it's, them. It's exactly what it is. The morning skate was original. It was originated back in the day to make sure the players weren't drunk. It was to make sure that the players were were not hung or you know were not hung over in the morning after being out all night. Right, they didn't go out too late. Right, that's all it was. And now mm -hmm. it's because now some players have gotten used to going on the ice in the well, morning. Well, it is a habitual thing, you're right? But yeah. there's still something that it's still something that really is basically used to to um. But teams have less that. practice time now than they ever did. So yeah, right now it's a tricky thing. If you have the right kind of team, like right now with the Rangers, they have a good blend of veterans and, and youngsters, so it's working. But, if, you know, some teams need that practice time. Let's be fair. And it's very, I mean, players taking away the morning skate is definitely a great um, reward for players. They love yes. it when you take it away. And they, I mean, so like, you know, if, if you're playing well, like the Rangers are or the Blue Jackets are, and you take it away, the players will respond to that. They will, yeah. they will be happy about that. It's not, and it's a good, it's, it's one of the few rewards you can give a player yeah. who's already making millions of dollars is give him time to, that he doesn't have to, doesn't have to get up so early, you know, and get, yeah. get into work. Um, just to confirm what you were saying earlier, like Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet saying regarding Stamkos, word is it, it is a meniscus issue. Okay. Not sure how serious that they won't know until he goes. Through. I mean, it's going to be four weeks at the minimum. Yeah, if it's a if it's a meniscus tear, it could be four four to six weeks. Yeah. Yep. All right. So the Montreal Canadiens did not win last night. Yeah, I, I was th I was thinking of you, Eck. Well, you probably were pumping your fist. When that scored that goal in overtime. No, I wasn't. I like the Canadians. Again, I, I, I wanted Perry. I got a text this. from George Hainsworth with a smiley face. I did. <laughs> George Hainsworth. Yeah, Is he still he, alive? He texted, by, he texted by telegram, right, Russ? That would be scary. Yeah. That's an interesting text to get from from beyond the grave. Um, yeah. No, but I mean, you know, they, they, they did manage to get, um, you know, they did manage to hide him from Chicago to try to win this record. And then last night they played him against Florida, who you would think would be a lot easier. Than Chicago, but you know the the and you're seeing both the Canadians now have lost a couple games in their last, two of their last three. Maybe they should have played Al Montoya because Al Montoya would have had that revenge factor because he played for Florida last year and right. Florida let him go, so they, it could have been revenge. Right. Could've yeah. Been. Right. The Oilers um have lost four in a row, right? So you're looking at like two the Canadians and Oilers are both coming back maybe a little bit to reality. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, the Oilers, the Oilers have definitely have a lot more problems than the Canadians do right now. Um, but the Oilers are also not, they're, they're, they're also running into the same kind of, you know, bad luck and they're, they're getting great goaltending. They're running into like last night, Gibson was phenomenal in that game. Um, and you know, that's why the, that's why the Ducks won. I mean, the, the Oilers outshot them. They outplayed them most of the game, but, um, the Ducks, you know, Gibson was great and picked up the win. And then you know the other game I was watching a little bit of last night, which was really kind of fascinating, was the Hurricanes shutting out the Sharks one nothing. And this is something that you know you would never really expect. It's just one of those anomaly type games in the middle of the yeah. year. Okay, it happens, but it really this is a this is a case of the Sharks of a Sharks team that looks like they went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. A lot of them played in the World Cup of Hockey. They're in Car they're in Calgary on a Tuesday. I mean, in Carolina on a Tuesday. You know, they just completely they look just totally uninterested to be there. <laughs> they really didn't play that well. They only took, you know, they should, they sh and Carolina's playing better, granted, but still, you know, for the Sharks to actually get shut out one to nothing. Well, with, with, with the, with the, uh, 
condition of the Pacific Division, there really is no impetus for that team to be playing sort of yeah, with exactly the, with their with a pedal to the metal. I mean, right. you know, Anaheim is a 500 team basically. LA after losing quick is a 500 team basically. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, they they almost can afford to be sort of lackadaisical and have that little bit of a hangover, and then around All Star time, sort of kick it in the gear. Yeah. And with veteran players, you know, guys like Thornton and Marlowe who are in their late 30s, maybe they can't just do 82 games completely at full throttle. Yeah, yeah, I think that's legit. I think that's – and I, I think that's always legit. And I also, you know, you do find teams sometimes who are in this spot where they – there's not a whole lot to play for. They know they're going to make the playoffs. They know it doesn't matter where they finish in the playoffs, where they sit back and they and they try things like in, in games. Um, you know, and I've talked to coaches who've done this. You know, the Penguins used to do this all the time uh, when they were when they were running the Stanley Cup for a couple years in a row. They would take games where they would just work on, OK, today we're going to try to score, you know, without a power play or whatever. Just just different or, or you know, we're going to play. We're going to try to make sure we um, when we're at, you know, when we're working on the boards or, or we're just going to dump and dump the puck in or we're only going to carry the puck in. And they just can work on things in a game sometimes because, like you say, they don't have a lot of practice time. And they know that, you know, and they, and they kind of look to try to look coaches, good coaches, look to keep it interesting for players somehow. So, I mean, I, you know, I don't know what if any of that was happening last night or if it was just in a Kansas case where they just didn't really show up. But, um, yeah, it was, you know. then so, I, here's a, so here's the thing. We should mention the New Jersey Devils. I mean, they're 9-3-3. Three, and three. Yeah. Corey Schneider's got a 929 save percentage, which is tremendous. I've said this before. I don't I shouldn't say it again because I don't want to like act like an idiot. But Damon Severson's got 12 points in 15 games, right? When he got drafted, I, I said that, that to me that was the steal of the draft. Here are some players that were taken ahead of Damon Severson. Now, like Boo Nieves from the Rangers just played his first NHL game last night. Mm -hmm. uh, if you go back, Martin Furk, Detroit was was 49th overall. The Flyers drafted Stellaris, 45th overall. Severson was drafted 60th. Wow. Um, we could go Jake McCabe, 44th overall. Nice defenseman, not as good as Severson. Patrick Seeloff, who's only played one NHL game so far, 42nd wow. overall, not as good as Severson. Like, Severson literally slipped through so many different yeah. teams. It, it's incredible. Matt Finn was taken over Damon Severson, Mike. There you go. Um, yeah. This is a kid who really gets no press. Thanks for reminding me, Rose. You're welcome. I, I just thought you should know. Um, no press. And he's second or third in his team in scoring. We, we keep talking about all these great defensemen, and he's having one of the best years too. And No, I know. In New Jersey, it's just like, ah, we can't talk about him. He's actually tied for the point lead for the team with 12 with Taylor Hall and now with Hall out. And, again, we should talk about P.A. Parento because mm – -hmm. Why does he keep getting traded? All he does is put points up. Now, it's not big points, but he's got five goals in 15 games. Teams would pay for that. The knock well, on Parenteau has always been the same, and it is that he doesn't score important times. Like when 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 things get tough, he he's, he he will put up points in November, you know, or not, you know, in October. Okay. But when 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 it gets down to it, when you got to make the playoffs or when you got to when you're in the playoffs, Parenteau will disappear. That's always been the case, and that. But he's gonna, but he's gonna be effective for you now, and and he also needs to play a lot. He needs to play a lot of minutes. And well, I, can, I can say that there were no important times with the Leafs last year. So that, but he, right. he did score. I think he scored twenty goals. But the, the the thing that's that's hilarious about him is the Islanders signed him. The Islanders are looking for a winger for John Tavares. They had P. A. Parento, and they put him on waivers. And look what he's doing right now. Garth. Right. 
what the hell were you thinking? Yeah, that was that's a, a big gaffe along There's with probably the other. something else. You know, like um, I remember just to throw this out there, like something sometimes you don't know what's going on with players behind the scenes. Yeah. I don't I don't know anything personally in this situation um, besides the fact that what I said there, you know, the other, the, you know, I've heard that's the knock that I hear on Parento. But besides that, I don't know. I remember a long time ago, I'm just throwing this out there, and it, you know, the case of the NHL, there was a player who was getting traded from team to team to team to team to team like this, and not and not you know basically, but he was good. He was putting up points, and not great points, but just like Parento, kind of like the same kind of thing. Like he was he was a better than average scorer. You know, statistically, you're like, why is he getting moved? Why is no one resigning him? And then it came out, and I again, I don't think this is the case, parent, but I'm just throwing out that weird situations happen behind the scenes. It came out a long time after that that I talked to a player who was on one of those teams he played on, and he's like, he was a real big born again Christian and was really in in the locker room was, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Of course, I've got relatives that are born again Christians, but in the locker room, he was very evangelical. He was pushing it on people. He was very much in their face. This guy I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say it was, and it rubbed a lot of players the wrong way. So even though he put up points and stuff like that, team players were uncomfortable around him, um, and they didn't hate him. But at the same time, and they didn't want to hold it against him, this his faith. But they just didn't like the in, in their face aspect to it. You know, they were being polite about it, but they were like, you know, this is a little bit too much. Well, and this kind of stuff does happen. Now I'm not saying well, I don't know what it is with Parento. I don't think it was that that was the case because he was well liked in the Toronto locker room. Yeah. The only reason that they didn't trade him at the deadline because there was a lot of interest in him is he got hurt like two or three days before the deadline, and that sort of cooled the interest. But there was talk during this offseason about him bringing him back because he, he fit in well. You know, he played with played on the number one line for times, played on the number two yeah. line. But then was- again, like I heard about the same thing, like I said, you know, he played in Toronto where the pressure was never really on. Right. right? Well, here's, that's, here's, that's you're right. Doing. All right, so here's – the Devils are the biggest – number anomaly in the NHL right now because they're a point ahead Washington. They're a point behind Pittsburgh. They only have 37 goals. The Rangers have 72 goals in first place. They only have 37 goals, but they've only given up 31. So they have a plus six differential, which is amazing. And here's the other thing. And I didn't know this, and we probably all weren't thinking about it. While Montreal kept getting lauded for being undefeated, so are the Devils at home. They're undefeated at home. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's really, I mean, they are, they're the surprise. And, and the funny thing is, I think people just because there are nine, you know, nine, three and one, they're six games over 500, right? So when you look at that, and they're only what a plus six, right? Right. That that's not, that's not normal either. So there's the weird things like that, that, you know, yeah, it's an anomaly. It is usually, you know, for every game you're over 500, you would at least expect to be like one and a half goals or whatever, you know, you'd yeah. expect to be like, or two, two goals, even you'd expect to be a plus 12 if they're six games over 500, right. not a plus six. Right. Um, which shows that you either the games you've lost, you've either gotten blown out in, or you're just barely winning any games at all. You're winning games by one goal all the time. Or right? your goaltending is that good that you're well, in. Your goaltending is good. I mean, game. 31 goals against is very good, right? That's, yeah. there's no question. That's one of the best in the league. So, and again, when do we, recognize Corey Snyder for being a top five goalie in this league. Cause he is. Yeah. Is that last year? Yeah. No, I think that, I think he is. And it, it's, I mean, it's funny because I mean, think of Marty Brodeur, you know, like think of all the years it took him in New Jersey to get recognized. I mean, people right. think of Brodeur now as he was, a, he was a superstar. He was the greatest goalie ever played, but there were a lot of years where Brodeur wasn't getting that kind of recognition. Well, I honestly don't think that Marty Brodeur got the full recognition of being a great goaltender until after he won the Olympic gold medal in 2000. 2002 because I agree with that. I think people thought he was a product of that defensive system. Right. right. But the and interesting that. thing here is Schneider is actually Brodor had a much better team in front of him. Yes. Um, than Schneider has had. 
And, you know, Berdor had a Stanley Cup contending team in front of him. Um, yeah, I think Chris Terreri felt that too, by the way. But anyhow. Yeah, no, I mean, that's true. <laughs> So I mean you're right. This is I mean that this marketed place is always is always fascinating. The devil's marketplace. There are diehard fans, but they are really stuck between other very passionate fan bases dealing with Philadelphia, the Rangers, and the Islanders. I mean, those three those three team those three fan bases are just so entrenched and so old in general and have been around for such a long time. The devils have a tough time competing with that. That's just the bottom line. They can't, you know, they can't compete with it. I just I look at it and I say, okay. Eck, are you willing to admit Corey Schneider is better than Pekka Rene? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I don't think a lot of are. I don't think – I think there's people out there that would, would argue that one based on reputation and, and other no, things. No. no, I mean, this year and even last year at times, I, Pekka Rene to me has – I think – I don't know if he's past his peak, but he's on, he's close to it. And he's, yeah. he's still his moments when he can out – when he can put, pitch an unbelievable game like he did yeah. in the last game against Anaheim. But he's not – He's not consistent enough at this point in his career to be the like they really do legitimately need a backup. And there's reasons I kept saying it last year. And it's like they they still do need that. I mean, they really do. Yeah, Wait, so we just, I, I just had a press release. Hold on. Uh -uh. But I will say this while you're looking at the press the release. To Los the Angeles, to unveil its name and logo. Oh, what? Say that One again. One second. I'm sorry. I apologize. Really quick. The Las, Vegas, the Las Vegas NHL franchise invites the Vegas community to be a part of history as Bill Foley, general manager, George McPhee, and Commissioner Brett Bettman unveil the team's name and logo on Tuesday, November 22nd, 2016 at 5.30 p.m. at the Shachipa Plaza outside the T-Mobile Arena. <laughs> They'll be wearing their um, Levi's pants, too. Um, I mean, how, how, how sponsored can an event be? Sorry. Um, just throwing it out there. So yeah, there you go. Uh, it's coming. To, we knew this was coming, but this is the official release from the NHL. Just I'm not that excited. a minute ago, yeah. sent to me. Is this, is this? Can I now expense a trip to Las Vegas for this? That's the question. Um, I'm not that excited, though. I'm not. Hey, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna cover I'm gonna cover the Leafs in Vegas the first time they play in Vegas. We have some quotes here. Um, they're just coming in. Uh, this exciting, fun-filled event will feature live entertainment activities for children. Local youth hockey players skating on an outdoor rink. I guess, I guess I'm assuming that rink will be artificial ice. Sorry. <laughs> Vegas has always been a kid-friendly town. Yeah. Appearances by former NHL players and the sale of official team merchandise, which, of course, we don't even know ex what that merchandise looked like yet or what it would be called. I love that. Here's the quote from the owner, um, who is one of the greatest owners. I need a really good guy. The Las Vegas community has been with us throughout this incredible process from the ticket drive to the awarding of the franchise. And I hope everyone will join us once more as we announce the name and unveil the logo for the Las Vegas' first major professional sports team, said Foley. And you'll have to wait another year. We have a name and logo that not only reflects the city's unique environment, but that signifies strength and team culture that never accepts defeat. All right, so there's that we have some clues. Um, hmm. I'm not even thinking about it. I will say this they'll have a better name than. The Binghamton Mets got renamed. Their fans voted their name. They're now the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. They'll beat that oh. name. Oh, my God. I'm kidding. <laughs> Never That's accepting awful. defeat. Well, they could be called the Trumps. Um, let's see. Um, <laughs> so they'll, they'll be better than that name. Um, yeah. This is the no politics zone here on Hockey Buzz. It is. That's the only thing today. Sorry. Done. The Vegas um, Victors. Vegas Victors. <laughs> it's going to be the, it's gonna be the Desert Knights. I think it's. I, I'm still holding to the fact that my one of my wacky predictions was that they would eventually they would actually get the Black Knights name. Nobody joust in the desert. Nobody. It's never happened. I think it's a double entendre: desert knights 
Where's the Victor part? It's like it's like it's half team song, half it's half like logo, half like Kenny Loggins song type thing. Like, um, is, are you Victor? Is the Victor like you over the rattlesnake? I mean, there's nobody to joust with in this in the desert. Are yeah. you? Beating, are you beating up cactus? Is that what you're doing? I, you're I think it should be called the Vegas House because the house never loses. Come on, the Vegas <laughs> House. That's a cool name. Wait, 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 Ross. And there's there's more than one cactus, so it's the Las Vegas cacti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Vegas. I like no that correction. He says because he says things that respect defeat, and you know they never lose. The house never loses. So I'm going with that. The Vegas house because house is also accept, team camaraderie. They never accept defeat. Does that mean they're called the Vegas Viet Cong or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy. Um. Like, yeah. just put the name out already. What is the... I'll just be fair and yeah. say that. It's, it's, I mean, it's so, this is November, for crying out loud. You should have announced this damn thing when the team was was awarded. I Not like it. I like it. In this day and age of, of, you know, quick fixes and everything like that, and, you know, they've built up some suspense. I think it's kind there's of... There's cool. no suspense, except that maybe for some people that live in Vegas, there's no suspense. I don't hear anybody talking about this. We're probably the only show talking about this. No, I don't think that's true. Okay, where do you tell? Tell me another place. Go show me another place. Tell I don't me, talk about other shows because show. I don't, because no don't other shows matter. You know this, come on. Uh -huh. No other shows matter, and that's why I won't bring them up <laughs> at this time. No other shows matter. Nobody's I'm sure about this. Nobody. They'll all talk about it the day it happens. That's yeah. it. Maybe. Maybe. No, I mean, no, I think I think I want. I now think we need to guess this because did they say they're streaming it online? Because if they're not, they're going to lose a lot of coverage. I think we can expense a trip to Vegas next week. Is what I think. Okay, well, got an ESPN Ocho. No, but did they honestly? Act, it does not day, say anything about them streaming it online. I, I mean, in this day and age, shouldn't that? I'm be sure they will. I'm sure this will be. Why? why I, I don't know. Shouldn't I say that on the press release? Vote like the NHL.com, like um, like you know. Okay, but shouldn't that be on the press release? How do I know when I get this press release that I'm going to be able to build up to the suspense and actually enjoy it? It doesn't say anywhere where I can watch it. Right. No, you're right. You're right. It doesn't say that yet. But this is this is a release to the press to try to get them there. Television networks planning any live content. How about this? The press, if they feel like going, will go. But you have to get viewers that aren't the press to actually watch. Well, let's say let's just say you're right. I, I'm not totally disagreeing with you, but I'm going to... Um... I'm going to say for the latest news and information, you can visit VegasIsHockey.com. Okay, hold on. Hold on. I'm going to go visit. Fans can also follow the action can follow the action on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, and by using the hashtag VegasIsHockey. Which I guess if you use that hashtag, you'll just somehow magically know what happened, what's happening. What's the logo for VegasIsHockey if that's the team's name? VegasIsHockey.com. That's not the team name. It's not. <laughs> no, the Vegas is the Las Vegas. So what's Vegas gonna is happen hockey? to this website when the team name gets announced? It's gonna be switched to the Las Vegas Desert Knights. Vegas is hockey. Uh, let's see, team to be named. I'm gonna. I, I, there have to be clues here. There have to be clues. I'm gonna. I'm gonna dig this up. I'm gonna find out what's going on. I gotta. I know people in big places. This is my job to find rumors out. The so Las Vegas Wayne Newtons. Need help? Click to chat. I can actually chat on the Vegas attack. Let's do it. Here we go. Ready? Um. Okay. So um. Okay. I'm gonna chat with them. Uh. Let's see. I'm waiting for an operator. Okay. So okay. on news and events, by the way, this press release is not even posted yet. No, it's, it's I get all the press top. releases right away. No, no, it's up. At, it's up at the top. Here it is. Hold the on. press secretary for Donald Trump must be in charge. No, 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 no. Hey, no. Say, hey excited about your um. Hey, excited um. 
It does say that it'll be on the NHL network. Simple thing. What's the name? I'm just going to ask the person on the chat. Here we go, right? It does say, though, that it's going to be streamed on the NHL network on NHL.com at 6 p.m. Pacific. Okay. Um, so there we go. So it is mentioned. My first name, my last name, my email address, and best phone number. That's a bad job by you, Eck, by not reading where about the uh, release. Unless it's not on the release, but it's on the website. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I blame um, you. Yeah. Well, you can <laughs> So I, I'm hey, excited. What's the name? And no response from David. Um, who's Sorry, t- Vegas. Welcome to Real Time Sport. Oh, he's typing finally. David's decided okay. to type. Hey, excited. What's the name? Um, okay, so he's typing. Let's see what David says. He'll say the name is... I don't want to give him my email address and phone number right away. And I don't think I should have to. I think that's kind of a little bit intrusive. I'm just interested. Um, if I guess, will you tell me? <laughs> We were unveiling the team name on November. If I guess, will you tell me? I'm going to ask him this. Okay, here you. Can you give me a clue? Tell me. Oh, that'd be nice. All right. Uh, we are unveiling the team name on November 22nd at the Team Arena. Cool. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I, this is not exciting to you guys. I know. I thought I might. Well, I might. You know, trying to get some scoops. I will. I will continue my discussion with David after we end the show. Um, <laughs> If I find out anything later. Uh, All right. I don't, I don't think that's it, Mike. Uh, the name you put into our chat. Um, <laughs> All right. Lots of games tonight. Enjoy the night. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for watching and um, supporting us. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.